Hey there, this is Pastor John Ware, lead pastor of Lifehouse Newport News, a church that exists to help all people experience life change through Christ. Thank you for joining us today on our podcast. We hope it inspires you and gives you perspective to see how God is moving in your life. Now let's get to today's episode. regarding something or someone, a point of view. And so our attitude is a settled way of thinking or feeling, typically reflected in a person's behavior. So if we put those two together, we see that a perspective is really a particular settled way of thinking or feeling, typically reflected in one's behavior regarding something or someone. So yes, perspective does include what a person actually sees, but we find out that it's, so, it's actually so much more than that. If you see in your sermon guide here, it says here that, look, perspective is your emotion. It's the emotion that you felt in response to that person or that incident or that particular thing. It's the thoughts that you focused on and entertained when that thing went down. It's the conclusion that you settled on and even the behavior that you ultimately exhibited. I mean, think about it. Remember when you got your first car? How many of y'all was excited when you got your first car? Nobody was excited when they had the first car? Amen, okay. Maybe you had a car like mine. I had a four-door Hyundai Excel hatchback with no power steering. One of them cars you got to go all the way around the block because you don't want to do a U-turn. I had one of those. But I was just happy to drive. I thought it was cool. You probably thought that your first car was cool too. But what if your first car was actually a Ferrari? See, now you're feeling real good about your first car. And actually, your real first car ain't so cool anymore. See how your perspective changed? Just that quick, depending on how you looked at it. What about if one of your best friends finally got that special someone? And you're excited for them. Then you find out that that special someone was somebody that you had a crush on and you never said anything about. How happy are you really? See how your perspective just changed? That quick. This happens almost, this happens every day and almost moment by moment. And see, this is important because it's from our perspectives that we see life and we live it. It's from our place of our thoughts and our feelings that we interpret the world around us and actually give meaning to the things that we see and experience. So if, if, so if perspective is everything, then it's extremely important that we have the right perspective when it comes to things and people. Because a right perspective invokes a right response. Amen? So look, our perspective can also expose what's in our heart and the actual condition of it. In other words... How we see things say more about us than the actual thing or person in question. I don't know about y'all, but in my house, we've been having a lot of conversation about cell phones. My daughter's 13, and, and she has decided that she is ready for a cell phone. I don't know if she's in here right now. But she has said, Daddy, I'm ready for a cell phone. All my friends got a cell phone. I ain't got a cell phone, and I'm embarrassed. I said, that's too bad. Why do you need a cell phone? I need cell phone, Daddy, so I can talk to my friends. I said, sweetheart, we got a phone right here. I picked up the, land, the, 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 the wireless phone at home. I said, here go your phone. There you go. Boom. I said, you don't talk to nobody now. Why you need a cell phone to not talk to nobody? 
Because, Daddy, I need to text. So you want me to spend $500 on a phone with a monthly bill so you can text? But to her, it was important. From her perspective, it was a need. Amen? One of the kids this morning said that it was a need. And see, some of us right now, fighting right now, trying to figure out whether kids and cell phones are a need or a want. But the truth of the matter is, neither is right or wrong. The real answer is, it depends. And that's hard for some of us. Because it really depends on the parents, the child, and the situation. But when I said that, didn't you all form an opinion? Didn't you all take a stance? And the truth is, most times we feel that no matter what the facts are, no matter what the, what the, what the situation is, that we oftentimes feel like our perspective is the right one. Tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, I ain't really right all the time. Now I want you to look hard at your other neighbor and tell them just most of the time. <laughs> you see, can you see why perspective is so important? <laughs> I mean, our perspective is literally attached to who we are as people. It is why we take things so personal when we're opposed, when people don't agree with us, and when life does not line up with it. We take it personally. I mean, I see it this way. Why don't you see it this way? What is wrong with you? It's clear, isn't it? This is the reason why God desires to rule in our hearts. Because as God changes our hearts, he actually changes our perspective. He changes the way that we see and interpret things. In fact, your heart and your perspective is, in fact, attached. For instance, let's take a giver, for example. A giver sees a person on the street. They see it as an opportunity to help, while a person who is stingy sees the same person on the street and thinks, I'm not giving them my money. They need to get a job. Now, I'm not asking you which one are you, but I will say this. Neither person actually really knows the individual situation, but how they but who they are drove how they looked at that person and ultimately determined their behavior. One helped while the other just simply left. So what is impacting a person's perspective? Surely it is the things that we've been taught, the things that we observe, as well as the things that we experience. But this can't be the only thing that we allow to influence our perspective. If so, we'll find ourselves trapped and stuck in our own thoughts. And the way that we see it will be the way that it is. No matter what somebody says, no matter what anybody does, we'll think that we're always right. Know anybody like that? Do not look at your spouse. Don't do it. Look the other way. But I can tell you that my wife would have said me. She would say, I know somebody, you. And you know what? I would agree. Early in our marriage, I had to win every single argument. I had, yeah, me too, right? Yeah. I had to win every single argument. And truth be told, I was, com I was just consumed with such self-righteousness. 
And if my wife did not see things the way that I saw it, then she was wrong, and we were going to have this conversation for the entire night until she changed her mind. Well, we're still married. I can tell you after 21 years of being with her and 16 years of marriage in April 17th, woo-woo, I can tell you that I have truly learned to cherish and appreciate the soft-spoken, wise, and godly input that my wife brings to every situation and every solution. Thank you. And our marriage is so much better as a result. So husbands, listen to your wives because God speaks to them too. Y'all clap on that, wives. That's all right. You see, it's dangerous when you actually think that you always right. Proverbs, Proverbs 12, excuse me, Proverbs 14, 12 says, there is a way that appears to be right, but in the end, it leads to death. And Proverbs 16, 25 says, there is a way that appears to be right, but in the end, it leads to death. No, it was not stuttering like Pastor John, but this was meant. Ah, oh, he reaching for his mic. He reaching for his mic. Pastor Dwayne's sermon ah. has now been disregarded. <laughs> you may now make your way out of the theater. I will be taking over. Thank you and God bless. <laughs> Lifehouse Newport News does not endorse that message. <laughs> love you, Pastor Dwayne. I love my brother. I had to get him back somehow for a whole month. <laughs> but listen, pay attention. When God says anything twice, it is to draw our attention to something that really, truly matters. We are in serious danger when we believe that we're always right. We need to be careful not to find ourselves searching after our own truth, but to actually seek after the truth. We need to be lovers of the truth and allow God to influence the things that we see and who we are. Because if we do those things, we'll find ourselves being having the right perspective. Amen? Amen. So look, I can't always trust my perspective. Because truth be told, I learned that I'm not always right. But I ain't always wrong either. But there's no question that my perspective at times is flawed. And if I understand that truth, then it should prompt me to seek after God's face and find out what the truth is. Because only if I have the truth, then I can have the right perspective and respond appropriately. Amen? Amen. So, what if we allow God to influence our perspectives? How would we see the world around us? How would we see our challenges? For many of us, we would look at things totally differently. We would, look, we would count it all joy when we go through different trials and tribulations. Why? Because we understand that God is using those trials and tribulations to build us up and not tear us down. Your faith can't be built up unless this is tested. You can't have a testimony without a test. Some of us need to go through some things sometimes. Why? Because when we go through things, if I'd never been sick, I wouldn't know that God is a healer. 
If I had never been in need at times, I wouldn't know that God is a provider. If I've never been broken, I wouldn't know that God can fix anything, even me. So if we allow God, if we see things with his lens through the way that God sees it, we would approach life totally differently. We wouldn't see things through a lens that distorts or is dated towards our own perspective, but in a way that lines up with God's word and his spirit. So let me ask you another question. What if we saw life the way that God does? For one, you can't be in something and make it to. The creator and the created are always different. Psalms 90 verse 2 tells us, Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth and the world from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. God is eternal and infinite. In Hebrews chapter 3, verse 4, it says, For every house is built by someone, but the builder of all things is God. This includes time and space. God sits outside time and space. Therefore, he's not subject to it, not like the way that we are. We see things finitely in days, months, and year while, while God sees things in the light of eternity. What if we had this perspective? What if we saw things in the light of eternity? How would we live having a clear view of how finite our life is while we reach and grab hold of eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord? James 4.14 tells us, it, it asks, what is your life? It is but a vapor. Here, one moment, gone the next. Like a flower in the field that sprouts up and then dies. And we know this is true. For those of us that got kids, we look at our kids right now, and I bet you that you remember the first time when you held your child in your hands. And then you ask yourself, where did the time go? Because time is certainly, truly our most precious commodity. It is the one thing that we can't ever get back, and we should use wisely. Amen? Hebrews 9, 27 says, that It is important, appointed to every man a time to die and then the judgment. So how would you live if you were aware of how limited your time actually was? People that are terminally ill, they don't live life like we do. They understand that they don't have a lot of time left, and they make the most of every single moment. They don't take anything for granted, even relationships, good and bad incidents. They take it in stride. Chances are if that was you, you probably would do things a little differently. You, For one, you probably argue less because ain't nobody got time for that. Surely you'd see those people who are important to you. But one thing is for sure, you would make every single moment count. You see, the truth is, one day each and every one of us will give an account for how we live. And we forget this sometimes. Now, look, I don't want to scare anybody or come off morbid, but I just want to ask you, what is your perspective on this? What is your point of view? How are you looking at this? Do you look forward to the day that you will see Jesus face to face? Or does this truly frighten you? Truth is, it would depend on your perspective. You see, some of us smile 
Some of us got excited when we heard, when we thought about the, the idea of seeing Jesus. Some of us know, because if you know that Jesus Christ died for you, if you know who you are and that God loved you and that God reached real, 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 real deep, I'm talking about me right now. If you know how far God had to reach deep down to, to find you and that he loved you and picked you up and cleaned you up and said, I love you as my son and loves you as if you had never done anything at wrong, wrong at all, then you cannot wait to see Jesus face to face. You know that eternity will be full of praising God forever. That thing excites you. But if you do not know who Jesus is, then seeing Jesus would probably frighten you. This is the reason why the gospel is so very important, because it's by faith that it gives us hope and assurance that God loves us that he has forgiven us, and that he will welcome us home someday. Look, I understand that nobody in here is signing up to die, but I tell you that if you trust in Jesus, his death on the cross and his resurrection, you can take hold of eternal life today, and you can be sure that if you lay your head on the pillow tonight and you do not wake up tomorrow morning, that Jesus will welcome you home with open arms. You see, once you start to put your full tr trust in Jesus Christ, you'll find out that the, the fear of death starts to wane. And so the closer you get to Jesus, you look forward to it. You look forward to it. And the less scared and frightened of death you become. In fact, you find out since you're no longer afraid to die, you find yourself being excited to live. I'm not fearful of dying, so I'm excited because I'm free to live. I'm free to live a submitted life to him. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He's prepared a way, he's prepared a place for all of us in eternity if we so trust in him. This isn't about going to heaven or, 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 or avoiding hell, but about being with God forever. So I can be excited because no matter what it is that happens in my life, I know that God is greater than my circumstance. I know that God is right around the corner. I may not know how this particular situation will work out, but I do know as long as I know who is around the corner, it's going to be all right. That is the perspective that we need to have. That is living life in the light of eternity. Tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, I know how the story ends. Look, Paul understood this too. He wrote most of the epistles while being locked up. In 2 Corinthians 4.18 and in 5.1, it says, So we fix our eyes on not what is seen, but what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary and what is seen is eternal. For, when, for we know that if we did the earthly tent, his body we live in is destroyed, we have a body from God and an eternal house in heaven not built with human hands. Paul looked forward to being with God. He said to live is Christ and to die is gain. He knew that he was good regardless of his current situation. He knew how to, to work with things when they were great and how to work with things when they weren't so great. If he happened to live longer, he would be able to preach the gospel to more people. But if they happened to execute him, then he knew he would wake up and be with God, his Savior, for all eternity. He knew that he was good no matter what happened. And if we had the same perspective that Paul had, we would find ourselves being able to live in light of eternity with the right perspective perspective amen either way he was good how would you live if either way you knew that you would be good you see even Jesus said 
that we have to be careful about how we look at life. That we have not, we need not to continue to live our life in light of trying to store up things. Because life does not persist of the abundance of things. John 6, 27 says, do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him God the Father has placed his seal of approval. We need to labor for those things that God values, that God finds fulfilling and eternal. Amen? Joyce Rouser, we've heard Pastor John talk about him quite a few times. He was the ICM founder. This man made millions of dollars, and he used his fortune to build churches all around the world. Now, was he successful because he made millions of dollars or because through his efforts, millions of people came to Christ? Can you imagine what that reunion will be like? He's since passed on, but can you imagine when those millions of people come up to him and say thank you? Thank you for thinking about me. Thank you for living your life in light of eternity. And thank you for considering God first and considering me. So how in the world do we live life in light of eternity? We have to take four practical steps. The first step is to engage God's word. Transformation does not take place by accident. You don't slip and fall into it. Transformation is like watching grass grow. None of us actually can see it grow. But you always know when it needs to be cut. And see, as we find ourselves engaging God's word, God's word will, will transform us. It renews our minds. And what happens is we begin to bear the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And if we have God's spirit, the word of God lets us know that we have access to the mind of God. Because nobody knows what's in the mind of a person except the spirit of that person. So if we have God's spirit, then that searches the mind of God. We too, by Philippians 2.5, can let this mind be in us, which is in Christ Jesus. So then we can think and see things as God would see it. Not as our old man would, but the new man would. Why? Because we have God's spirit. Amen? We need to allow God to work through us. And transform us. Amen? The second thing is to live within God's plan. Submit to Christ. Stay free and run from sin. Look, we need to simply consider God first. Jesus is Savior, but he is also Lord. We want Jesus to save us, but you know what? If we allow God to be ruler and master, then we'll find ourselves being out of a lot of the things that we oftentimes call on Jesus to save us from. Amen? Tell your neighbor, run from sin. We all know what's in the cookie jar. Some of us got a lot of it. But we need to run from the things that weigh us down and separate us from God. Because holiness isn't about restriction. Rather, it's about boundaries that keep us from feeding a nature that, was, that despises God. It's about purity and freedom. The third thing is win the right prize. What race am I running and what in the world am I trying to win? Jesus tells us in Matthew chapter 6, that we need to store up for ourselves the right treasures. Why? Because where our treasure is, our heart will be also. We got to fight the good fight of faith. We cannot fool ourselves in thinking that we're good when we really actually aren't choosing God. The church is a body, not a building. 
And everybody that's in the building isn't in the body. But they should be. And today is your day. The final thing is to walk in purpose. And Ben, you can come up. Tell your neighbor I was made for him. You see, many of us right now, this moment, are asking, why in the world am I here? This question has been asked over and over and over again. And truth is, we've, we've, we've looked for the answer in, in a career, in achievement, in family, status, only to find out that all of these things fade away and do not fulfill. This is why some of us, even this morning, are depressed. Lonely and lost. But I want to tell you this day that creation can only find its purpose from the creator. You can find your why in Christ this morning. So you can get the right perspective about God, but also about yourself. God knows the plans that he has for you. It was the Lord that knew you by name even before he put the world together. It was the, the Lord that knit you together in your mother's womb. It was the Lord that said that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. If you take hold of him, your entire perspective this morning will change. You'll see that you're forgiven, saved, a new creature. You'll see that you are free. And God's love will literally transform you. And so Jesus, even Jesus had to live life in light of eternity. It was Jesus that thought about us when he was on the cross. Though a host of angels were waiting to pull Jesus down, Jesus thought about eternity. He thought about us. He thought about you. When Jesus rose from the dead, with all power in his hand, this is where victory over the grave and death took place. Jesus thought about us, and he thought about you. And he now is the hope of eternal salvation. God did this with us in mind. What more could God give you? to prove to you that he loves you. Will everybody stand with me this morning? I want you to know that Jesus' perspective of eternity includes you. But does your perspective of eternity include him? And see, here at Lifehouse, we're a church of next steps and maybe today maybe the one thing that you just need to do is just to tell the Lord yes maybe you need to tell the Lord yes that you're now open to developing a perspective a right perspective that's in light of, of eternity but in order to do that you need to know him so maybe your yes today is to accept him as Lord and Savior but if you've done that and maybe you've strayed away a little bit, maybe your yesterday is to simply come back to Jesus, to turn over the reins, to get 
back in the passenger seat and let God drive. If that's you, I want you to text me to the number that's on the screen. We won't ask you to come up or do anything that would make you feel embarrassed. It's a very personal moment between you and God. But if today is your day, will you join me in prayer? In Lifehouse, let's pray all together for the benefit of those that are making the decision to accept Christ or come back to him today. Repeat after me, Lord, Jesus, I thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for my sins. Today, I ask for forgiveness of my sins. And God, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. By faith, I am a new creature in Christ Jesus today. In Jesus' name, tune into this plan. Amen. Amen. Let's give God a hand clap. Thank you again for joining us on the Lifehouse Newport News Podcast. If you're ever in the Hampton Roads area, we'd love for you to join us at one of our live worship experiences at 9 a.m. or 10.30 a.m. at the Regal Kiln Creek Movie Theaters. Until then, feel free to check us out at www.theaterchurchnn.com or on any social media platform. Thank you so much, and God bless.